You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Matthew 6. In the Gospel, Matthew 6, we have what we normally refer to as the Lord's Prayer, in the sense that it is the prayer that the Lord told us to pray, or the manner the Lord asked us to pray. And the prayer went this way, and it says, Our Father, Matthew 6, verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen praise the lord and um, anyone who wants to make a success of his christian journey anyone who wants to make a success of his work on this earth as a christian must take earnest heed double heed to the words of christ in the bible you see if you don't have um, any Bible or a Bible that highlights the words of Christ, that puts it in red, I advise you that you get one. Praise the Lord. Because he is the master. Jesus, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was what? God. Jesus is the word of God. Every other thing is trying to express him in words, in letters. Praise the Lord. Now, so when he came, the Bible says in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead in what? In bodily form. So when he came, the word was in body. Okay? Are you with me? The word was in bodily form. Then this word in bodily form spoke. It's not the same thing with Isaiah prophesying. It's not the same thing. We, we bless the Lord for the deep revelations of the apostle Paul. We bless the Lord for the revelations of James and, you know, and the revelation given to um, the Apostle John, you know, at Patmos. But all of them, they spoke as men filled with the Spirit, inspired by the Spirit, or like the Bible says, as men spoke, moved by the Spirit. But when Jesus spoke, he was not a man being moved by the Spirit. He was the Word of God in bodily form, then speaking. Are you getting it? So if in any area and at any point in time there is any confusion in any part in your reading of any word of the Lord please find the words in red it will clarify it for you praise the Lord somebody so we see here he taught us to pray and the prayer says our father which art in heaven do what hallowed be thy name 
what that establishes that's not where our, our study i believe our study is this morning but i must emphasize that it means that the path of the christian the journey of the christian is to score one goal is to achieve one thing that in every situation and at the end of every story the name of the lord is what hallowed that is our mission statement that is our vision our father which are in heaven what hallowed be thy name and then he concludes by saying this is why for thine is the kingdom for thine is the kingdom the power and what the glory that is why his name has to be hallowed excuse me sir if you came to church this morning you came from my house wearing my clothes ate my breakfast wearing my suit and my shoe and drinking my water and all of that if someone greets you you should tell the person wait don't greet me come and greet the one who made it possible for me to be here isn't it the bible is saying all that there is is his own and then all the glory must also what be his praise the lord so in our journey as believers we must always make sure that he's the one that should win because oftentimes we are confused we find ourselves in situations where it's as though the child of god is losing but it doesn't matter whether the child of god loses provided the father gains that's why it says our father which are in heaven what hallowed be hallowed be what how many names are being hallowed that's why the bible can say if you're persecuted is not the problem just make sure it's for righteousness sake the power of god does not stop persecution why because in it he gains something the person the christian may be suffering but what he says i will make sure if it is for righteousness sake, i will gain glory in it so he says hallowed be thy name and he went on to say what he says thy kingdom what come thy kingdom is your way the way it works where you are and then thy what will be done thy will be done what i'm saying this is this the word of god the bible makes us understand in hebrews 4 12 13 you can put that please he said the word of god is living the word of god is quick king james will say the word of god is active he says living and powerful and it's sharper than what any two-edged sword what does it do it pierces even to the division of soul and spirit even toward joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart that's what the word of god is the word of god is not um is truth all truth every part of it is truth praise the lord but also it's not a four-legged table that you can say if it is not one it is two three four you understand what i'm saying it's a living word it's active but at the same time it has integrity praise the lord the bible says the scripture cannot be broken john 10 35 part b he says and the scripture cannot be broken so the word of god is an entity it can be broken now i want to ask us a question and i i i like to get a response have you at some point thought you were following the word of god or or holding the word of god and then you get a bit confused at some point has it happened to you do you find yourself sometimes you know unsure what is going on here it's as though there's a misunderstanding 
you know even several times you know the bible tells us as believers that we should grow and become mature and established so that we are not blown about by what every wind of doctrine why is that so every doctrine stands on its own so if you're not mature and established in the truth and in the knowledge of god's word when one doctrine comes it will blow you this way when another doctrine comes, it will blow you this way. But the Bible says you should come to the fullness of the knowledge of the Son of God so that it can have stability. Praise the Lord. So when the wind of a doctrine comes, you know what it does? It adjusts you. Another one comes, what does it do? It adjusts you. And you're becoming a man established. Praise the Lord. Immovable and unshakable. May you get there in Jesus' name. May you get there in Jesus' name. I'm serious because many believers are being blown about. Look at what has happened in our country now. Many believers have become witch believers and wizard believers. Killing people with prayer. You're not called to kill people with prayer. Praise the Lord. What has been committed to us is what? Ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Many believers have begun to try to use the Holy Spirit whose fire is for baptism and purification to burn the enemy. How can the one that is supposed to, the fire of the Holy Spirit is for us, it's not for the enemy. Jesus said, I will baptize you. The one is coming. Who will baptize you? It's not for the enemy. The fire for the enemy is the fire of judgment. It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. But you see, not knowing, not being stable. It's a fire, fire. Which fire are you calling for? On the day of Pentecost, the apostles or the disciples, what happened? They had fire on them. When you call fire, please, if it's the Holy Spirit, call it on me. It will bless me. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So there, there are several things, but people, you know, bring different dimensions. You need to be established. And for you to be established, you must start rightly. You must get born again well. You must start this journey with the real and the right. Okay, may, maybe not start rightly. Many of us started wrongly. But you must have a desire for the truth. You must come every day and say, Lord, if I'm not getting it, correct me instruct me enlighten me so that you can grow precept upon precept and what line upon line so the word of god can't be broken it is together however oftentimes there appears to be ambiguity which is what i'm trying to explain what do i do with my enemies what do i do with this what do i do about prosperity what do i do about sickness what do i all those things are solved or come about not because there is ambiguity in the word of God per se. It's because of misinterpretations. Now, at the end of the day, you know this Bible is written to us, isn't it? And anything that is written is written in a language. So there will be misinterpretations. Are you with me? So you can read something and think this is what is saying, Whereas that's not what what is saying and especially when your heart is already wrong Have you had a conversation with somebody and you were trying to tell the person something? But the person was hearing altogether something else anybody had that experience? The person was just hearing and you know went on with it only for you to find out a month later that this person never got you Oftentimes what causes that is that in the heart of the person he had gone on a direction so when you're saying something, he's not hearing you again. He has set on the journey and he's taking everything you're saying, what? To add to what he's saying. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it's important that we know it is a result of, or it's a result of misinterpretations that we think or we seem to, you know, find ambiguities in the word of God. There are none. 
the word of god is one praise the lord the word of god is one jesus christ our lord saying say sanctify them by thy truth thy word is what thy word is truth the word of god is true there is no ambiguity okay so when you think of from different dimensions you know ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open whosoever lay hands all of that they're all tied together no matter the outcome they're tied together and this morning we want to see how these things how do we solve it and how is it solved brethren this morning i want to tell you this is how it is solved when you read the bible whatever you see whatever you experience never forget that first of all he was the word is a person am i right so the Igbos will say, let's get to the head. So when you don't understand some of the things, then you lift your eyes and look to who? Jesus. You look to him. And when you look to him, you can see an answer either from his life, the things he did, or from his statements like we started from, or from his experiences. Praise the Lord. I'm saying all of that to bring you to a statement which you know we may already have pondered upon in our lost prayer the statement says verse 13 do not lead us into temptation do not lead us into temptation what is your reading of that passage what do you think is saying when you pray lead us not into temptation what do you imagine it's your praying lead us not into problem at all at all express road abby i've been at all of this that you're saying I've had question because it's if it means what many of us think, then that prayer is not answered. Lead us not, some say, let us not see trouble at all. Anybody here who has not seen trouble in the last one month? Okay, no, one, <laughs> you've not seen trouble in the last, um, even just one week. Hey, Lord. Are you not praying that prayer? Praise the Lord. Lead us not into temptation, says what he says. But you see, English is not a native language, so I forgive all of us, even myself. Praise the Lord. The word into is a word that says, don't allow me to be consumed in temptation. But never were we asked to pray that we will not see, we will not encounter, we will not experience. It's not in the prayer. Our God, your God, our God has a son without sin. And who is that son? Jesus Christ the Lord. He has a son who knew no sin. And he's Jesus Christ our Lord. But our God has no son without temptation. Am I clear? He has a son who never sinned. But he has no son who never faced temptations. In fact, let's not go too far. You see, at the height, because you see, it's important we understand scripture. At the height of jesus's experience of the father's love after his baptism i believe that must have been matthew chapter 3 after his baptism when the, the heavens were open and the voice came out and said this is my beloved son in whom i'm what well pleased you know what the next statement said the next verse it says and the spirit so some translation says king james was now it says and the spirit led him to the wilderness some translations say, and the spirit drove him to the wilderness. And some translations say, the spirit flung him to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So when you pray and you get up from prayer and think, after this prayer, I will not see temptation. What you have suffered from is a misinterpretation. And I'm delivered from misinterpretation. 
He said, as surely as you, the only thing that takes the Christian away from temptation is when he's out of this life. As long as you're on this side of eternity, it will keep coming. You know why? Revelation tells us that there is great wrath on earth. The devil has been cast down. He has come down with anger. This serpent, this beast, has been sentenced to hell. And he's angry. Praise the Lord. That's why as a Christian, you can't toy with the devil. He's angry. He's mad at you. I've told you about the pastor that anytime somebody asked him, do you have a word from God for me? He said, yes, the devil wants to kill you. Or the devil wants to destroy you. Because you see, the devil is mad. He has been sentenced to hell. And he doesn't want to go there alone. He doesn't want to go there alone. So he's walking. He's going to be tempting. And more so also, God is punishing him for disobeying him and God is loving you because you're his son so one of the things he must prove to God or he tries to prove to God is that God how can you be punishing me Satan because I sinned against you but see this one is sinning see this one is sinning so temptations come so that we will sin temptations come to confirm that God's love for us is either partial or impartial so when I do not fall into a temptation, I confirm that God is just in loving me. But when I fall into a temptation, I make Satan clap and laugh and say, you see yourself, you see yourself, you see yourself. So when our Lord Jesus says, pray in this manner, pray that you do not enter into. The key word there is into. Into is a simple word. Somebody is outside of this hall okay outside of this compound is he in the father's church but once he enters here he becomes part and party praise the lord two friends you enter a friend's car he gives you a ride and he says to you wait for him in the car and he gets out of the car goes and does something and comes out and then police stop people and they do stop and search and they find something incriminating in the vehicle you have entered that's what entry means you can't say he's not your friend you can't even say you're not aware. You know why? You are found in the mix. You have been mixed up with what is what? Criminating. Now, the same way, temptation coming does not criminalize you. What criminalizes you is when you enter into it. And what does it mean to enter into it? When you do what it wants you to do. Temptation comes to make you do something. So when our Lord Jesus Christ said, pray that you do not enter, he's saying when they finish all that they do, do what you would have done in spite of the temptation. So break it down. Our Lord Jesus, the Bible says, was led to the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, isn't it? And what should someone who hadn't eaten for 40 days be? He should be what? Hungry, hungry. Real hunger. And then Satan comes and says, well... If you are the son of God, what should you do? Command the stones to become bread so that it can satisfy your hunger. Now, remember Lord Jesus Christ said to us, I do nothing of my own. Only that which I say the Father do, what? That do I do. Okay? But he was hungry. And rightly so. And he had the power to do what? To command stones to become bread. So at that point, if he had commanded stones to become bread, you know what he would have done? He would have been legitimate, but he would have been displeasing to the Father. You know, many Christians confuse legitimacy or legal with right. 
that something is legal does not mean it's right with God. There are many societies now that you can get up now as a man and go to the local government office and tell them, I, formerly known as Mr. So, I want to become a woman. From today, please address me. My name has changed from uh, Ikenna to Nkenna. God forbid. <laughs> and with that change, you can now use the ladies' bathroom. And then, <laughs> do you understand? It is legal, but it's not right. Many of us are still living at the level of legal. Don't I have a right to be angry? Somebody's being tempted now. And you're saying, but I have a right to feel like this. Ask yourself, it may be legal, but is it pleasing? At every point of temptation, it is a test of who will you please? Who will the host of heavens cheer as the champion of your life? So if Jesus had turned the stone into bread and eaten, he would have satisfied his hunger. The flesh would have been happy. In fact, the people around would have clapped for him. But you know what? The Father in heaven would be displeased because that wasn't the game plan. He was to live his life in direct coordination with what the Father does. He said, he who sent me what is always with me because I do those things that please him. So temptation are those things that come to see whether we can make you displeasing to God. It has nothing to do with your comfort. And please, I beg you, Christianity is not about your comfort. Christianity is about your salvation. They're not the same thing. Oh yes, this man has come back again. It's not about comfort. It's about deliverance. When you go to the hospital, the doctors don't look for your comfort. They look for your healing. I went to do a malaria test the other day. And I realized I can't even put an injection into somebody's hand. Because I don't want to hurt people. So doctors are wicked. They put injection. They even use knife and cut people. Don't they do that? Are you getting it now? Why do they cut people? To deliver you from something. From something worse. The same way Christianity is not about your comfort. It's about your eternal salvation. And if it will cost you your comfort to make eternal salvation, heaven will not bother. Joseph was a beloved son. He was fastened in stock. Not ordinary prison. That means he pulled on himself. He weed on himself. And God didn't deliver him one day earlier. Because if he came out one day earlier, he would have gone back to be one poor son of a, of a farmer. But the plan was that he would be a prime minister. So for two years he suffered discomfort. Why? Because a prime ministerial position was kept for him. Do you know that there is a place reserved for you? A place of glory. A place of starhood. The Bible says those who are wise, they shall shine as the brightness of as stars forever. God is raising you superstars. Why should he be bothered about your discomfort? If only if you just got on a competition now, you want to contest for um, whatever games they are contesting for next day, and you took a coach, that coach will beat you. He will deal with you. He will affect your sleeping. He will affect your waking up. I heard um, Floyd Mayweather. How many of us know him, the boxer? Floyd Mayweather. There is a particular exercise that is a role. A few of us might know it. It's for, it's for the core. And many people struggle. Someone actually had to call me sometime, was arguing with someone, and they had to call me to ask, is it true that you can do 40 of the exercises? And I was a champion. I said, yes, I do 40. You know, I heard Mayweather does 1,000. It's good you're laughing. 
Do you understand? Tyson, they said, used to wake up when he was fighting. He used to wake up by 4.30 a.m. or 4 a.m. And jog how many kilometers? He used to do about 100 centimeters. Then he used to lift weights with his head. Guys, you know this weight some of us struggle to lift with our hand. They will hook it to his head. You know why? He's training for something. Ask yourself, do I want something bigger than who I am? So many you don't, people don't have vision. Christianity is about stars. About people that will shine. So when Jesus lays his hands on you, you better decide what you want. If you're looking for comfort, he can't use you. Because you will fall into temptation. Temptation will check you out and you have to decide, do I become poor or do I become comfortable? It will check you out. Should I get married? or Listen to me. This is reality. So when Jesus said, lead us not into, lead us so that, let us hear your voice so that we will not fall into it. And you know what the Bible says, you and I are more than what? Conquerors. Every temptation you overcome, what you have done is that you have become a more than conqueror. That's the way it's programmed to happen. So when somebody presents to you a Christianity where you are the Lord, you know, it's so important we get some of these things. In as much as God loves me, in as much as God's, God's riches are all for me, remember he's in charge, I'm not in charge. Remember he has the total plan, I don't have the total plan. Remember he sees the end from the beginning, I don't see the end from the beginning. And we read scriptures and we look at people and we look at their lives and we don't ask ourselves, if this is how it happened for Joseph, this is how it happened for David. David was anointed, you know, by Samuel, right? And immediately, what happened? You know, he became king. Is that what happened? How many years did he spend in the wilderness? Now, and I want to speak to someone here. God has given you a promise. God has anointed you and chosen you for something. And you're asking questions because you're in the desert. Who are you following? Which part of Christianity are you traveling on? If it's Joseph's part, look at his part. If it's David's part, look at his part. If it's Daniel's part, look. Which one do you want to follow? You want magic. Many people are looking for magic. They don't understand Christian. Which Christian in the Bible did they anoint today? And from that day, it was easy. Instead, from the day they were chosen, fire. Testing by fire. That's what happened. Now, if you understand the scriptures, and you know what the scripture says? It says, count it all joy count it all joy when these things come because you know that the trial of your faith it also it worked patience it worked perseverance and perseverance does what character you know why the athletes train the way they train they don't know what they're going to meet in the field but when they finish training how many of us can take punches in our stomach here that's one of the things that you know it knocks you out but you see when you're going to meet an enemy who wants to knock you out you can't tell him, please, as we are starting this fight, don't punch my stomach. Let me not punch your own. Okay? The only way out of it is this, to train your stomach so that when he punches it, his hands will hurt. That's why they do what they do. So it says, tribulation worketh patient. And what it does, it brings perseverance. So in the real, actual life now, when those things come at you, they don't hurt you. You're already trained in it. You're already perfected in it. You become strong. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. So this is the scripture that we've been called to. Lead us not into, not around. We come around it, we see it. Like the people say, one part that I like is jump and pass. 
you jump it and pass it. Praise the Lord. It comes, you jump it and pass it. It comes, you jump it and pass it. Yes, you're sending a signal to heaven that I want to please you. You're sending a signal to heaven that you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. I've given you the illustration here. You go to the bank, or not even a bank. You go to a, a lady here, you know, your husband sends money to a jewelry shop. And you go and pick your um, eternity wedding band that costs about uh, 15 million, 20 million naira. And as you come out, one old school friend that had always been your enemy, you know, accosts you and tears your dress. Will you start fighting that old school friend that tore your 50,000 naira dress where you're holding 20 million naira eternity ring in your hand? What will you say to that, your friend? I made up my mind to go God's way. You give her your dress. You know why? What is at stake is not your 50,000 dress. There's 20 million in your hands. You can't fight for 15,000 when you have a promise of 20 million. You can't. Praise the Lord. There's a glorious future for the believer. And that's why temptations come. They come to trip us. They come so that the devil can say to God, look at you. You thought you had somebody. But he's nothing. You want to make him a billionaire. But he can't even endure one million temptation. He will tell a lie for 500,000. Do you know something? And the thing about temptation is this. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As you mature in the faith, you're going, you're going to learn something about temptation. Temptation also is always a preview of the future God has for you. Let me explain it to you. Our Lord Jesus was tempted to turn stone into bread, isn't it? So that how many people will eat? How many stones would he have turned into bread? One, if he was very hungry, he could eat three or four after 40 days. So let's say about four loaves. When we were younger, they had names for the bread. There are some that are luxurious. How many of us remember? <laughs> so he would have made four luxurious loaves of bread. So he would have made four. And you know what? In the plan of God, this same Jesus will feed 5,000, not counting women and children. So at the least 12,000 people without even a stone. Can you see? Every temptation. I speak to unmarried sisters and brothers here. You see, the sex that is pulling you that you can't hold yourself like this. When you get married, compare four loaves of bread to 12,000. You'll be going for marriage counseling. Pastor, my husband is not allowing me rest. Eh? I thought you were pursuing it before. Pastor, my wife, is, she's dangerous. Eh? I thought you were telling God you're not wood. Now become fire. Every temptation is a preview of what God has prepared for you. And if you can overcome it, you enter into the rest. That's what it is. So we misunderstand. Time will fail me to look at so many other scriptures. It's not every time, you know. And the enemy uses it to bring condemnation. He makes you feel you are failed. Why? Because so, so. How many of us have felt condemned because we are tempted? You're married here. And then, you know, you, you go to, to ShopRite. And the brother starts following you. Oh, baby, you're the finest. Ah, baby, I'll marry you. <laughs> no one like you. You see, what should you do? You shouldn't be angry. Maybe the brother is a candidate for salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, the temptation is not the issue. 
Praise God. It's, it's, it's not that you'll be tempted or you're pushed in a, a situation where, you know, money or whatever. All those things are not the issue. The real test is what do you do about it? What do you do? So many times we find ourselves and some of us will now say, ah, ah, did, did I sin? Why, why is this happening to me? No, you haven't sinned, but you may sin if care is not taken. And you have to be careful. When you know what is at stake, so you hold yourself. So this morning, what am I saying to us? Please, let's learn to look to Jesus, who is the word of God. We see the completeness. Because it's so easy for you to come. Somebody comes and says, okay, okay, uh, okay. Um, everything I ask God, you know, that's why, personally, I've told you here, I don't listen to some preachers because they're preaching lie. Somebody tells me he has never argued with his wife. I say, ah, even... Which husband and wife in the Bible? All of them, those I know, those I've seen, they have disagreements and misunderstandings. The only thing is that they keep what? Resolving it, resolving it, isn't it? Someone comes and says, never, we've never, ah! I will just turn off the station. Because I know he's, a, he's another God, he's a magician. Either he's married, you know they're making female dolls now. Maybe he's married to doll or he's married to me. All these things will be there. Somebody comes and says, anytime I'm sick, I just speak and I'm healed. Eh? Just like that. What is the example in scripture? The apostle Paul, wasn't he sick? Eh? Wasn't he anointed? Hasn't he? He had seen the perfect establishment in heaven. He had entered heaven. He was not. Well, the apostle Paul was not. In fact, his own was not faith. His own was sight. He had gone and seen it. Kuru, kuru. And yet he pleaded with the Lord. How many times? And the Lord said this one. My will be done. Not your will. And he said in this one. What you will have is not healing. What you have is grace. The promise of God is that he will never leave you nor forsake you. But whether he will always do what I want, I'm not Lord. So someone suffers business loss. He's thinking, is it my grandmother on my mother's side? I used to send her 15,000. The other time, I sent her 10,000. Has she cost me? What's the meaning of that? Praise the Lord. What's the meaning of that? No. Praise God somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. You must get these things. There are things that are established. I've said it here. The thing as a Christian that there is no negotiation for you, no matter the situation, is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. There is no time in the life of a believer that you're permitted not to bear fruit. But there will be times where your testimony will be confusing. You're wondering, I've decreed, I've bound, but the thing is still running around like this. I've spoken, but the thing is still not happening. Somebody will say, Pastor, no, the anointing is not full. Let me tell you. Go and read your Bible. Jesus Christ had only one cousin or one relative that believed in him. Do you know when he was alive, the brothers didn't believe in him? Do you know that? I hope you, you can search your Bible. When he was alive until the resurrection, before the brothers... At the time he was going to go, for, go to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. They are saying, go now. Nobody does the things you're, you're doing in secret. and not Go, go, let, go and do, go and prove yourself. It was after the resurrection that they said, ah, this thing is true. But he had a relative, John the Baptist, who believed in him and who knew he was the son of God. You know what happened? That same John was arrested. Jesus didn't bring him out. You think he didn't ask the father, bring him out? The father said, no. And then the next thing, go and read the Bible. The next thing, what happened was that the Bible said, they came and told him that they had cut off the head of John the Baptist. You know what he did? The Bible said he retired into a deserted place to tell the father, Father, why? Help me. Why? 
he didn't understand it. He went back to the Father. He didn't keep John the Baptist. He didn't bring him out from prison. He didn't keep him from being beheaded. But he was his cousin. He was his forerunner. Are you understanding something? Because there is a supreme will. We call him sovereign God. And sovereign God he is. There are some things you could never explain. Don't go about feeling that you're not Christian enough. You know, someone suffers miscarriage. And you can listen to some people that tell you it's because you didn't pray by 12 midnight, naked, and walking like this in the bathroom. That's why the thing happened. Or this, uh, you lose your, they say it's because you didn't do this. Uh, they are liars. They are fraudulent. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, the Bible says, in this world, what will you have? You know, English is part of our problem. When you say tribulation, people think it only happens in Jerusalem and in Judea. In this world, trouble. In fact, the way they put it is, Wahala day for this world. There are troubles here. But you know what? Those troubles, the Bible says, as I try to conclude, those troubles, the Bible says in Romans 8.20, it says, and we know for the believer. And we do what? We know that all things, trouble, good thing, bad thing, all things, what do they do? They work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So brethren, my work and my job is one. What is, should it be? Keep loving God no matter what happens. Listen, the love of God is a converter. That's what that statement is saying. Let me break it down. The love of God is what? A converter. It converts bad things to good things. It converts good things to gooder things. That's what it is. It says, and we know that all things work together. They don't work together for everybody. You know, some people quote that scripture and they stop there. Someone is in adultery and, you know, the husband or somebody catches him. And he says, and, and, and I know that all things will work together. You're still in the office, they sack you. He says, and I know it works. No, 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 no. This one is judgment. The trouble. Why? You bought, you ordered for it, they have delivered it. No, no, that's not it. What I'm saying is this. You love God. When good things come, they're good. When bad things come, they're converted. Loving God. The love, and what is the love of God? Somebody help me. What is the love of God? The love of God is say, if you love me, keep my commandments. The love of God is keeping his commandments. That's why for Joseph, everything, there were, it was as though it was heaps of trouble upon heaps of trouble. But as they were putting it on him, what did he keep doing? He kept loving God. He kept keeping his commandments. And at the end, it matured into promotion somebody's obedience will bring promotion in the name of jesus i say somebody's obedience will bring promotion because we love god he said this is the assurance this is the assurance you're in pain you are praying to god there is no answer keep obeying him a greater glory will be manifested listen let, let me thank you holy spirit I, I i he had me write this down i was almost going to forget it i thank god for this i believe it will help somebody god does not always have God does not always act as we expect. Experience would have told you that. God does not always act as we expect. But he always acts as we would respect in the end. He doesn't always act as we expect. But he always acts as we would do what? Respect in the end. When we know more. You can imagine middle of Joseph's journey. Can imagine middle of David's journey. Can imagine, you know, Daniel... And the rest of them on the journey no they, they, why is it happening this way but at the end 
they look back and they say surely this is what the Lord's doing and it is what marvelous that's what it is you know why he's a big God I've told us here how do I explain to an ant that somebody is wearing color riot the ant that is on the floor I want to tell the person that see, see that uh, brother that passed by he's a Jew man which language will I speak to the ant that they will understand there are some things that can be communicated our Lord Jesus Christ said to us he said there are so many things I have to say to you but you can't do it you can't bear it not that I can't say it but you can't bear it so several times in our life there are some things we can't bear but you see temptations will come what they are coming is this many of us here as you're seated here you have said to God Lord you know I love you I will serve you no matter what happens all those things that you say they will ask you questions some some of us will sing jesus loving you is the best you finish singing it and say to god if you don't give me a husband by the same how i thought you loving me was the best where have i gone i'm still here you understand you know you, you sing i'd rather have jesus than silver and gold you know you sing all those things you pray them in prayer the world means nothing to me i've forsaken the world you're all that i have you're more than enough i don't want anything only you and god takes away everything and says come darling let's play let's play and you tell him ah wahala day <laughs> that's it praise the lord but the lord is more than able i round up with something that you know I learned this time I was away. The Spirit of the Lord said to me, He said, Do you know how awesome it was that the Son of God was born into the world? That's why we celebrate Christmas. In a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating Christmas. He said, If the Trinity are equal, if God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are the same, He said, How awesome is your generation celebrating the presence of the Holy Spirit? Because as I'm saying all of this, some people are saying this is a hard saying, Pastor. You know why? You don't know who you have. You don't know who you have. If any one of us here had Jesus going to walk with them, they would say they have no problems, isn't it? And the sister would have even answered me while I say this thing. Pastor, if Jesus was living with me, I would look for no husband. No, so, uh, the Holy Spirit is with you. And he's as much Jesus as any other. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. We have the Holy Spirit. And his office is, I can't begin to mention his office. He's a helper. He's a teacher. He's a reminder. He's a comforter. He's a strengthener. He's an illuminator. He does all of that. He can embrace you. People here will testify. Sometimes I've just, I've just been in a moment and then all of a sudden I felt the embrace of Christ. That he, he's all of that. He's more than that. He, he's able to fill in. He's able to answer in naughty situations. When people forsake you and abandon you, he comes in and keeps you company, enlightens your countenance, lifts up your head. We have him here. So when Jesus said to the disciples, it is expedient for you that I go. 
that the comforter may come he was not just speaking empty words he was saying i am jesus and when i go to peter's house i cannot be in john's house when i go to john's house i cannot be in andrew's house when i'm in the i'm, I'm, I'm on the mountain praying i cannot be with you in the boat but there is someone who is coming that will be with you when you're in business be with you when you're in joy be with you when you're in sorrow be with you when you're mourning be with you as you're confused be with you as you're elated be with you when your prayers are answered be with you while you're tarrying for your prayers are answered he's called the holy spirit he's more than enough he's the gift of the father he's always here with us this is who has been given to us and for him there is no shadow of turning he's always with us i might feel the pain but he comes with words he comes with strength he comes with grace the apostle paul says when i understood this i now glory in my infirmities they don't make me weaker rather they make me to rise above somebody's no longer ashamed that he's not a billionaire no i glory that i did nothing because i have everything in him this is who he is and jesus said i will ask the father that he will send you the holy spirit the comforter that's what he's come to do we have a beautiful package time will fail me to tell you all about it do you know that jesus died for us we celebrate all of that but you know he's living for us now he's alive for us he has only one business in heaven he said he ever lived to make intercession he knew it wouldn't be an easy journey if anybody tells you this journey is easy he has not started on it he says i'll pray for you he said to peter i'll pray for you he said to them i'm praying for you he said i'll pray for you so that you will overcome so that when these trials come you will mount up with wings as eagles you will not go under you will go above somebody here needs to say to the lord fill me with your spirit afresh i need you 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 the part of the Lord's prayer that has the Holy Spirit say, lead us that's who he is he's the one who leads lead us the Bible says as many as are led of the Spirit that's his part in that prayer lead us so that temptations will stop us what will make a David having saw his enemy the one who wants to assassinate him before him not strike him because the holy spirit was leading him what will make a david not send soldiers to take away neighbor the fool because the holy spirit brought cancer through abigail and said you're already blessed don't bring a curse on yourself somebody the holy spirit is speaking to you this morning you brought a word that says hold on you're not forsaken you're only being tried You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.